0: Hi there. This is Bren White, and uh, we are in the Grow class, and we're in lesson uh, 11 this time. The work of an evangelist. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, another role in uh, the body of Christ, uh, according uh, to the apostles' uh, teaching and practice. And um, it's very interesting to note at this point that uh, there are many, uh, many churches. Uh, denominations and otherwise that um, don't uh, follow what Jesus and the apostles set out. Um, Their basic uh, organization has nothing to do with what's talked about in the New Testament. And there's a lot of misunderstanding uh, out there between um, the things that churches do And so I want to just spend a moment talking about what a New Testament church actually looks like. A church of Christ, as is talked about in Romans by Paul, has certain distinctive aspects that you will always find. And among them are things like a multiplicity of elders, uh, shepherds, and we talked about this before, uh, elders, shepherds, overseers, all interchangeable, same word, same idea, uh, three different Greek words uh, for emphasis, um, all have to do with um, uh, with elders. And one of the words that's used is poimen, translated pastor, uh, several uh, times, and, uh, And um, that has caused confusion from the time of the European Reformation. Um, And basically what happened was you have um, still now uh, in in Europe and elsewhere, you have uh, the pastor system, uh, European pastor system, which is basically the Reformation's... um, Uh, taking the Catholic priest idea and uh, putting a Protestant coat on it, um, where still everything revolves around uh, the priest. Um, And uh, so whenever you find a church where everything revolves around uh, somebody called a pastor, uh, you know you're not in a a church uh, of the New Testament, a church belonging to Jesus Christ. There are um, multiple uh, people who are pastors, that is, shepherds, and they have a totally different role from the role of an evangelist or a preacher. Very, very different. So there's a lot of confusion that has happened uh, since the Reformation, and um, it's not really gotten any better. So we need to pay attention to what Jesus and the apostles set into place. Now we know that um, Jesus himself uh, started proclaiming, preaching, heralding the good news himself in every town He came preaching the good news, and uh, those who were with him uh, went along, and uh, he shared the gospel message, and so we have uh what we call the gospels in the New Testament. Uh, where Jesus himself is proclaiming uh, the gospel message, the good news uh, of the Christ, of of his coming, of God in the flesh coming to save uh, his creation. Um, And then Peter uh, caps it off uh, at the beginning of Acts um, as he uh, helps to establish the kingdom On earth, and uh, we see in the second chapter of Acts um, what he talked about, uh, the first chapters, uh, uh, even into three, uh, what he talked about uh, concerning Jesus and the gospel. And so he was proclaiming um, the gospel uh, on that day of Pentecost, and many responded to the specifics of what he said. And what he told them to do when they asked him, what should we do? They knew they had to take some kind of action. And um, so he was making sure that they knew that they needed to repent. uh, If they had faith uh, in Jesus Christ as Lord, as the Son of God, uh, they needed to repent of their sin, turn away from sin in the world and die to self and to be baptized, immersed uh, in water to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit exactly the way Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3. Uh, This is uh, what he called born again uh, of water and of spirit. This is how somebody enters into the kingdom of God, and there is no other uh, way prescribed. And then Jesus prescribes the same way before he goes back into heaven after his resurrection, in Matthew 28, he is making sure uh, people know uh, to go and make disciples in every nation, teaching them everything he had prescribed and baptizing them, immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Um, this is uh, crucial to uh, the task, the assignment, the role of an evangelist. Now, the the first uh, time we see uh, somebody being called an evangelist, of course, uh, is uh, in Acts uh, eight, and uh, it's talking about Philip, and he's preaching to crowds. It says um, in Acts eight uh, verse four, says the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. So. Uh, this this was all the believers and they, they were um, proclaiming the good news. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listening intently to Philip because uh, listened intently to him because they were eager to hear his message. Uh, and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And then verse 12, uh, Now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, And as a result, many men and women were baptized. Uh, So this is um, a glimpse into uh, what it means to be heralding the good news, preaching the good news uh, to uh, groups, to individuals um, in different towns, uh, places, and uh, their response coming into the kingdom, being baptized into Christ just as the apostles teach consistently throughout the the New Testament text. Um, so, an evangelist, uh, evangelistes, uh, uh, this is a, a, a very special role. Not everyone uh, can be an evangelist, and in fact, the first evangelists, uh, this includes uh, Timothy and Titus as well, um, were of course male. Uh, as was all leadership in the churches, exactly the way it had been in the synagogues, the Jewish synagogues, all leadership in the church was male. And the proclaimers of the gospel uh, who did this uh, full time uh, to reach the lost uh, were male Um, I say this because uh, there's a lot going on right now that does not fit with what the New Testament teaches. So uh, we need to have some clarity about this. Um, Now, every uh, follower of Jesus Christ can make a disciple. Every follower of Jesus Christ must acknowledge Christ and share the good news in some way with someone. There's no doubt about that. But the role of of an evangelist, the work of an evangelist is a, a very different thing. Um, so uh, part of what uh, a, an evangelist is is uh, good at is helping uh, Christians to not only grow, but to become evangelistic uh, in their living, in their faith, in their growth spiritually. Uh, this is part of the equipping that's talked about. Um, so um All of this is very important given uh, the way things are uh, in the world and the level of confusion that exists. Uh, Let's just take a quick look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And this is also in the PDF of the booklet if you are wanting to follow along. Um, Evangelists are... Definitely reaching out to the lost. Uh we can see that from everything in the Gospels and in Acts. We see that very, very clearly. They're reaching out to the Lost. So the apostles and the evangelists were doing this constantly, and it was their role uh to do so um in the church. So in this uh Ephesians four uh verse eleven it says now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles first, the, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And that word is boy men, elders, shepherds. It means shepherds and teachers. So, and he goes on, he says, their responsibility, all together, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Uh, this is a tall order, this is a very big job. And according to uh, the Word of God, it took apostles. Uh, to get it all started and set up. Uh, The prophets, uh, the evangelists, uh, and Timothy and Titus and Philip and others uh, were a part of this process, and they learned things directly from the apostles. Uh, we, We heard last time or the time before that it was really the apostles and the evangelists who actually appointed all the elders in all the churches. It was not done in some other way. Um, but you also, besides uh, elders in these churches who could teach, uh, when we see that in Titus and Timothy, um, the letters uh, from Paul, uh, there, there were also teachers, people who were just good at teaching the Word of God, teaching what the apostles and Jesus had taught. Um, so um, the evangelists were doing all kinds of things to reach souls, lost souls, and deliver, proclaim the gospel message about Christ and victory in Christ uh, to all of these people uh, on an on ongoing basis everywhere they went. And they were moving around. Most evangelists were moving around. It happens that Titus and Timothy were parked for some years, and it may be they were parked for six or eight years, uh, maybe as much as 12 years. Um, but uh, Ephesus and Crete, uh, they had work to do there, and they were there as long as needed to to equip that body of people. That was the way it started out. Uh, there were no long-term located preachers, uh, a single preacher who was in charge of everything for that congregation, who was hired by elders. Uh, that's not even scriptural. Not even scriptural. So, Uh, We need to go along with what the New Testament text says. And uh, this is what it says. So, um, this is Ephesians chapter 4. Let's take a look at some other passages. Colossians chapter 1, if you would turn there with me. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. Um, he's talking about how we're reconciled um standing firmly, having heard the good news um and um he is um yeah he's he's talking about the whole point of of this work uh it's to uh, as a result he says uh, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Um, a lot of Christians don't uh, aren't taught this, don't think about this, but this is a part of this process, uh, and, and uh, Paul is spelling it out. You were once enemies, but now and you are separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. You are doing worldly things and responding to worldly impulses and messages, and you were doing what the world was doing, But now you've been reconciled to him through the death of Christ. You have died to self. You have died to sin. You're a new creation. And so this process of maturing spiritually and coming to holiness and blamelessness is what is uh, at stake here. And a lot of times this is not the focus. Uh, But this is part of that building up of the body that was just talked about in Ephesians by Paul. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Assurance, that means you can count on it. Don't be waffling. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. So even as an apostle, Paul uh his his role was to proclaim the gospel preach the gospel uh, in particular to all of the gentiles all of the non-jews but uh of course he understood everything uh jewish and so he was able to have an impact as well uh in various ways uh all directions but Um, So he's talking about preaching everywhere, uh, continuing on in this so that everybody can continue to grow in the body of Christ. Um, There are a whole set of specific things that evangelists should be helping uh, to equip uh, congregations. They should, you know, they can be doing it with multiple congregations. They can be obviously based out of a congregation, uh, like Paul and Barnabas being based out of Antioch, but then helping uh, churches all over the place, um, and preaching the gospel all over the place. Um, so, uh, these are, are the things that you need to be thinking about in terms of the role of an evangelist. Um, uh, the things that I spend my time on as an evangelist every week are are these kinds of things uh exactly uh reaching as many souls, lost souls as possible in as many ways as possible um, and uh helping people to to come to understand who Jesus Christ is as well as helping. Uh, those who are followers of Jesus Christ already, to continue to grow and to become more like him in their thinking and in their behavior. Uh, this is the work of an evangelist. Um, so uh, this is uh, hopefully clarifying uh, for you. Um, let's take a couple more passages. Uh, 2 Timothy uh, tells us some, uh, something interesting. 2 Timothy 4. Uh, if you go there real quick, second uh, Timothy four. Um, and um, verse one through five he says, "I solemnly urge you in the presence of God." Uh, this is uh, to Timothy, the second letter, uh, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will so- uh, someday judge the living and the dead, Uh, When he appears to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. This was uh, what Paul was uh, commanding in an urgent fashion uh, to Timothy. Do this. Stay focused on this. Don't get distracted by a bunch of other stuff, Um, especially if you're in one spot. It's very easy to get distracted. Focus on preaching the word of God in, in a powerful and clear way. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not, whether you're going through difficult things or not, whether there's confusion or not. No matter what's going on, be prepared um, and be ready to preach. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage uh, your people with good teaching. Uh, this is the command of the Apostle Paul to his son in the faith, evangelist, Timothy. uh, And he's telling Timothy point blank here uh, to teach in a solid way, to rebuke, that is to correct, to rebuke people in the congregation who are not following the word of God, who are maybe deceived, maybe uh, getting off the path, uh, maybe who are lazy spiritually. Uh, whatever it is he 's saying to do it patiently, though correction has to happen, there has to be some patience, uh, rebuking has to happen, there has to be some patience, and encouraging people encourage people as much as possible with good teaching, solid teaching, so most of the encouraging that goes on uh, with effective evangelists it's it 's part encouragement. And it's part challenge, part correction. And that's the way it should be. And according to the Apostle Paul, must be. Um, He says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, exactly what the Word of God says. They won't listen to it. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. They will be deceived. That is a clear heads up from the Apostle Paul, not only to Timothy, but to every other evangelist uh, that's ever been, um, and even today. Uh, You should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news, and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Uh, This is going to take some motivation. This is going to take some drive, some determination. Uh, This is going to take a a lot of endurance. Uh, You need to be up for this. This is why uh, the Apostle Paul goes on to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. This is what he wants uh, uh, Timothy to be able to say and us to be able to say. And now the prize awaits for me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. So uh, this is something uh, that's encouraging and challenging uh, to uh, Timothy, it's also cur- encouraging and challenging to all of us. Uh, this is the way we're supposed to be focusing. This is also the way that Timothy is supposed to be teaching. He is supposed to be reminding uh, these people to fight the good fight, to not get lazy, to not become afraid, to not follow myths and deception, uh, various lies. Uh Keep a clear mind in every situation. Do not be afraid uh, to suffer for the Lord. Um, work at telling the good news uh, constantly and be, be aimed, be helping people to aim their thoughts at finishing the race in a solid way, remaining faithful to the Lord uh, on that day of judgment, he will give each of us a crown if we 're looking forward to his appearing so this is um, this is an amazing uh, mindset and really a great insight um, from Paul to uh, the apostle uh, to uh, Timothy the evangelist. Um, there are so many other aspects of this, but In order to keep this uh, a similar uh, length to uh, to each other of the other lessons, um, I think we will end up here. Uh, There are other passages for you to study. There, Romans 10 uh, 1 through 17, uh, Acts uh, 14 19 through 28, uh, Acts 13 uh, 1 through 5, uh, 1 Corinthians 9 1 through 22. And uh, that gives you a, a very good picture of the role of an evangelist. Um, so uh, we, uh, we're, next time we will be in lesson um, 12, and uh, there's some pre-work that you can do if you want to. Uh, in that PDF of the booklet, we're coming toward the end. Uh, we're going to, uh, to lesson 13 um, lesson 12 is seeking growth. In order to keep growing, you, know, you you and I need to seek to grow. We need to have motivation uh, to keep on growing, keep on learning, uh, be hungry for the truth of God. And, and wanting to try to apply it, wanting to get better, and not just staying stuck, saying, oh, this is the way I am. Uh, saying, this is the way I am and I can't change is actually sin. Uh, that's why we have to keep on growing uh, in the Lord. Um, so um, we're doing this together, and uh, I'm praying for you in it. Um, next time, uh, it'll be great to look into all these scriptures about seeking growth, And uh, between now and then, um, please uh, go ahead, read through those scriptures and and through the next set of scriptures if you want to. Uh, Really challenge yourself, get into the Word of God, and take it in and live by it every day. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.